And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's be honest, there's 29 NBA teams and then there's a G League roster with a few stars. Saturdays are the most fun day of the week. And with that, you get the most fun pod right here on the Athletic NBA show. It's called the Saturday Slam and Jam. You'll hear me, Andrew Schlecht, and my co-host Alex Spears break down the past week of NBA basketball bring on a smart beat writer to give you the lowdown on their team. And then we have a trivia game, Andrew versus the beat where I just try not to humiliate myself. So when you're raking your leaves, brewing your coffee, or just taking care of stuff around the house, listen to Saturday slam and jam right here on the athletic NBA show. Right in your podcast space. Welcome to the athletic NBA show on the athletic podcast network. Man, you tell them to keep having fun because everybody, you know, y'all played in the league. Everybody be like, oh, it's just a regular season, just a regular season. You're right, but you got to play the games that's in front of you. With a group that works like they do, the group that embraces some of our mantras. We talk about getting better every day. We talk about playing together. When you do those things, you end up on a stage like this. For our city of Milwaukee, NBA champions. Yeah. It's big time. They have a math problem offensively. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Zakil. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Hartnett. They have a math problem offensively. You see, you see all these people. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking to Dave here. What we, what we put together. You can't make this stuff. This ain't well played. It don't know no, nothing matters. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. This is Dave DeFore. That means it's Nerder She Wrote. Seth and Mo are on the line as well. Right up front, guys, go to theathletic.com slash NBA show to get access to The Athletic and all the podcasts ad-free, all the great reporting and journalism that we have at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show now. Support the show. Don't forget, folks. Mo does his one Mo thing every single week. This week, it was on big men handling the short roll, which, you know, we're going to talk a lot about today because we're going to talk a lot about Draymond Green and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, And don't forget about the jump ball Twitch streams over at twitch.tv slash Mo underscore NBA. Fellas, uh, well, Thanksgiving's over. You guys feeling okay? I was feeling okay until you spent all your time plugging Mo's Mo's stuff and 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 none none plugging mine. This is okay. I, I feel like the okay. uh, everyone like go the buy the mid range theory wherever you buy books. They did a whole show for you, Seth. That's true. In, in, in case you guys didn't hear. Yeah. You've always been the unfavored child. When did you think that changed? <laughs> you wrote a book and now you're the favorite? No, I'm always yeah. the favorite. <laughs> Let, I will plug that the the live show for subscribers. If you're a subscriber, 
Go to the app and, and check out the live show that we did in Milwaukee last week. It was a lot of fun and, and we had a great crowd and uh, actually wanted to thank Tim from Broken Bat Brewery for helping us out uh, and Eric Name, who was a part of the whole thing and really put it together and, and Nick, who produced for us. Uh, it was a really fun time and, and, you know, it was nice. It was it was a really fun and just nice time. It was great. Um, let's get to our favorite things. And Mo, you're up first. And I mean, I. I I agree with this completely. I love it. We've had so many close games. I mean, just last night, uh, we're recording Thursday, so Wednesday evening, there was like four close games at the same time, you know? And I don't know if the numbers bear it out or whatnot. It just feels to me like an eye test thing. But at the start of this season, I feel like we've had way more closer games, games within, you know, uh, uh, two points within the final minute. We've had way more of those this season than I can remember any time before, at least this early in the season. And it's a ton of fun. Like, that's the best part of basketball. That's when you get to watch and see who, what are the coaches doing, who are the players making the big shots and things like that. It's just, it's been my favorite thing, Dave, like, just all the close games. And then last night was just completely bonkers. Yeah, I, the NBA is a little bit too fun right now because on nights when there's a bunch of games, it's too hard to pick. I wound up, I, I was flipping around a little bit. I watched Wolves Wizards, which was awesome. It was so much fun. Look, man, the Wizards had a great me, possession. Okay. It was a fantastic defense to fun offense. And it was like, this is the Wizards. What are we doing? This is great. It's really good. That game had my least favorite thing. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, the, 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 the debate over the three pointer, there's too many three. It, it goes on all the time. And then occasionally someone takes a shot. It's like, okay, if one was making a highlight reel or a low light reel of why people hate the three pointer, the shot D'Angelo Williams took with a minute left in that game as the Wolves are trying to come back. They've gotten four stops in a row. They've cut it to five. There's a minute left. He dribbles down the floor, shoots a 28 footer with about two inches of airspace that bricks off the side of the rim, goes out of bounds. At the time, he's one of 11 from three in the game. My, Wasn't he trying to bait a foul on that, if I'm remembering correctly? No, no, he just came down okay. and decided to, to jack up a three because it was his time or something. Um, and so that that was my least favorite thing. But no, we're trying to, we're trying to be positive close games. <laughs> Bad shots happen in close games too. Um, no, it's, it's funny. You know, you, you're, you're talking about like all the, the – the, um, this is get another data point which is suggesting to me that, la- that last year was just weird. Remember we talked a lot about last year about how, much, how many blowouts there are. And I don't know if there's like more than usual close games this year, but just the contrast to last year makes it feel just so much better with all these these these, these kind of games coming down to the end, which I then get to get mad at teams like, like game execution during. Well, I'm not the analytics guru on this podcast, but I have to think that the downturn in three-point shooting – just percentages overall and the improvement of defense is why we're getting closer games, right? Like there's less variance that, that just seems like it would be the thing. I mean, three point shooting overall is down a couple of percentage points overall. So you're just not, maybe you're not getting these huge swings. I mean, we're still getting some blowouts, but it's, it's a good team usually just blowing out an awful team, you know, like the jazz yeah, in the second game against the Pelicans. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the pace is slightly slower this year, but I don't think the 
the the difference in three point shooting isn't enough to really affect that because the volume of three pointers are still going up, so that the the range of makes is still going to be pretty could possibly be pretty wide. So I don't know if that's it. I, th- I do think that the the more competitive defense has mean there's just been less kind of pinball games that don't involve the Hornets, whose all all of their games are just like you know the, the scoreboard is just turning over like you know a Papa Shop. So uh, my favorite thing this week is is actually going to tie into our conversation later when we talk about the Suns and the Warriors uh, the other night. And, and but this one's a little weird one. I got a little twist on it, and, and I wanted to talk this out with you guys. So Draymond Green, and this is going to maybe surprise some people. He's currently having the best shooting season of his career. His, his he's 59.1 true shooting percentage is slightly above the numbers he had in the 15-16 season which, you know, the Warriors went 73 and nine. He's shooting 55% overall from the field, about 32% from three, but it's, it's super low volume. So who cares? That's, that sounds awesome, except it's the worst three point attempt rate of his career, the worst free throw percentage of his career. And even worse than that is that he's turning it over worse than at any other time in his career. And anybody who's been watching, sees him trying to avoid finishing in traffic. And here's the thing. He's actually finishing 75% when he's inside three feet. I mean, that's pretty good. 55% or so from that floater range, like in the paint. In the eight games that he's had this season with no free throw attempts, he's averaging almost a whole extra turnover a game compared to the ones in which he takes at least two free throws. So, the Warriors have lost three games, and he has not attempted a free throw in any of those. So Draymond Green just needs to shoot. He's shying away from contact. We all see it. He had those two blown layups at the end of, of the game against the Suns the other night, and they're just turnovers because the Suns turn, look up court, and they're getting into transition. So, guys, uh, do you agree with me here? Draymond has to shoot. It, it's the Ben Simmons problem, but it's, uh, you know, he's still junking things up for them. Seth, I thought you had a... Yeah, I thought, yeah, Seth Seth had his finger up. I was like, oh, he's going to make a point here. No, I, um, I, I was, I, while you're talking, I was, I was checking on something, but you were right. Uh, some, sometimes what can happen is when a player's shooting volume goes down, it can look like they're turning the ball over more. Um, just because of the way turnover percentage is calculated. But Draymond is actually like on a per possession basis is the highest turnover rate of his career, not just like relative to his scoring attempts. So five per 100 possessions. Yeah, five per 100 possession, which is a lot. Um, we're getting into like Harden Westbrook territory there. Um, when we get up, when we get up that high, and which is a lot. Five for hundred is great for Westbrook. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a, that's, that's a, it's a record for him. Sure. No, I think I think that I think that that. I, I mean, we'll get to, I think we'll get into this game a little bit more, but I think that probably had something to do with the sort of the gumming up of the Warriors offense sort of in the last, I don't know, eight minutes of, of the game against Phoenix earlier this week, um, where, um, yeah, Steph shot four of 21, but I thought the bigger problem for them was they, they kind of did the thing the Warriors can do sometimes, which they threw the ball all over the gym because, Sometimes guys and Draymond and Juan Toscano Anderson were the, the the two main culprits in that game. I thought where it's like no, I'm looking for the perfect. I'm looking for the perfect shot. Not we have 24 seconds and I'm going to take this good shot or the shot that will make them guard me next time. 
And I think that's – I disagree with you there. Okay. I don't think it's looking for perfect. I think it's fear. He's he's shooting awfully from the free throw line, and he is going away from contact. And I went back and I watched – I watched every missed shot he's had this season. And it's it, it is a theme in the eye test that he is kind of fading away. And, I mean, Jay Crowder was in the way last night. He's kind of fading away on this layup, hoping to get a foul call. And and he just blows the layup. And this is this has been a thing with Draymond for a while. The truth is he's got good hands. He can finish, but he is refusing to finish in traffic. He, goes, uh, he plays hot potato you with, with Kevon Looney. He's much. had his shot blocked three times all season. Yes. That should be higher. Like, like if if you're like That's if you're bad. finishing at the rim and you're finishing seventy seven percent and you've only been blocked three times, that probably means that you're turning down some attempts that you should be taking. I'm I'm with you guys on that. The one thing I'd say about the Draymond turnovers is he's also the main playmaker, right? Like he is responsible for that offense because Steph Steph creates everything, but he's responsible for getting the ball to Steph. Like we would see this at times last season when Draymond was on the bench and Curry was in the game. They had no way of getting Curry the ball. And and I think that's a big thing. The the stuff that's really kind of unforgivable, and I'm gonna slide a little bit away from your point, Dave, is Juan Toscano Anderson can't have five turnovers. <laughs> He's not a guy that that should be in that position that has that many turnovers. Like that's a situation as a coach, you gotta be like, yo, you need to sit your ass on the bench. Well, because that's too uh, the decisions he was making and stuff was rough. But I, I, I know I veered us away a little bit from your original point. But that's the stuff that kind of leads to the problems that we see with the, the Warriors, which we'll get into when we get to that game. That's uh, that's what we like to call weakness in numbers. Mo, that's <laughs> that's weakness in numbers. Uh, okay, Seth, uh, your favorite thing? Uh, the re- I think that we're seeing that maybe the return of the regular season rivalry. Um, uh, the that's the the these three games that we've 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 had one of them so far and there's going to be one more on on Friday and another on Christmas Day between Warriors and Suns. Uh, the two the first two we're recording on Wednesday uh, Thursday Thursday today's Thursday Thursday uh, <laughs> and we're getting the third game of of Bulls Knicks this season and both the first two games have been like ludicrously fun. Um, the you know the Nuggets Heat bad blood and the Heat kind of no showing and then uh, uh, Nikola Jokic showing up to the club and getting the Serbian national anthem played for him, um, which was one of my favorite things of the week. And and Aaron Gordon was just loving it if you saw the video. Also, um, I'm I'm enjoying the the sort of the, the I like it when the stuff gets a little testy when the games get a little intense in the regular season. Not every game, just enough so that every now and then you get one of those games like ooh this one. Yeah, we got something tonight. I think part of that, it, it's parody a little bit. Every team feels like it could beat every other team every night right now. I mean, the Pelicans beat the Jazz at home. I mean, Pelicans it, beat the Clippers. I mean, the Pelicans are getting some wins, guys. Let's, let's not, I mean, let's but not this sleep is what I mean. <laughs> and I think that that goes back to, to Mo's thing. Like, these games are close. There's a little bit, you know, there's a little less variance. I don't know, man. The league, look, it's fun. They, they solved a lot of the problems with the officiating, but also uh, I think that just – hold, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Okay. But I think that part of this is just having fans back, having more normal games. It, I don't know. Things have sort of self-regulated to a certain degree. I, I – hmm. There's been there's been a there has been some of these close games have also sort of had to had a little bit of a ref show element to them, 
which we don't always love. And well, aren't referees just producers? Right, like, give me the best TV show. You're trying, you're trying to get me in trouble right now. You're, 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 you're begging me to, 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 you know, get reckless now. So I'm not going to get reckless. Do it, do it, Seth. Reckless. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, it's like you know, you can, you can underproduce and you can overproduce, and 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 they're they're overproducing. Um. No, I'm with you, though, on the rivalries. I think the intensity of games is is beginning to kind of build up. I think also this is part of the play-in tournament. Teams know now, like, yo, these games matter now. Games in November matter because now you're like, crap. We keep we drop this game. It's going to come back to haunt us. Not because we might miss the playoffs, because we might be in the freaking play-in tournament. And I think there's an element to that, you know, that's leading to a little bit more intensity, a little bit more focus these guys early on in the season and we're kind of used to because look the, the gameplay itself like the plays have been pretty solid for the most part and I think it's a, it's more so than the start of any other season that I can personally remember and it's it's a level of just attention to details and guys knowing that like we can't drop unnecessary games the Lakers are going to regret those two games they lost to Oklahoma City you know I think all of those things uh Utah might regret that game against New Orleans that they lost at home. Like, so they, there's an importance to it, and I think guys, the players, are beginning to sense that themselves. So I actually have I have another favorite thing, and I think this is that this could actually double as Moe's other favorite thing as well was Chris Paul's walk off interview after at the end of of uh, of Warrior Suns. Did you see it, Mo? I, I did, and I can't. Remember. He was basically. Uh, it was two weeks ago. We we brought up uh, certain players on on teams that uh, had unexpectedly deep runs in the playoff last year, describing the regular season as boring. And yeah. Chris Paul's walk off interview was essentially it was one question, and it was essentially a two and a half minute subtweet of that point of view. Where he was talking, like he was basically, and it's, it's, you know, it probably speaking from a, a point of view of experience. It's like, hey, you got to enjoy this part. We got to, we, you don't get so many chances to play basketball and you got to enjoy this. And it's not just, no, we're getting back to the playoffs. No, we're playing basketball tonight and we're having fun and we're doing that and we're working tonight to get to where we want to go because the work we do tonight, the work we do tomorrow. And this, he didn't say any of these words, but I'm just paraphrasing. And it was just, it was, it was, it was like, Everything that 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 we want to hear expressed in in sort of the um, the non cliche version of take it one game at a time, and that was well, one of my favorite like, of the week. I mean, it's the thirty six year old NBA player versus the twenty two twenty three year old NBA player. I mean, that's a little bit more understandable yeah. from the human yeah. side of it. But, but he was he was also I mean, he was talking about this specifically. Like, I think he was asked a question about DeAndre Ayton. And he was talking about the encouragement that, that he tries to give him and, and, and you know, why he's hard on him and, and stuff like that. After Aiden had, you know, been pretty dominant in, in, in that game, we have to say. Um, so that was, that was sort of my other favorite thing of the week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The, the 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 funny thing about that is the I don't know if it's the last team to go undefeated in the uh for an entire month and win seventeen straight games. Chris Paul and the Lob City Clippers. And and I was on that team. It was Vinny Del Negro's last year. Like there's he he understands too though, having this run this early in the season doesn't necessarily mean anything in April or May because we got knocked out in the first round. Like, matter of fact, as soon as we lost that first game, we were a totally different team, and it wasn't in a good way. Um, it, it, I, I think he understands what he has now. And and also just the importance of like, yo, I got a taste of the finals. We got to get back. I think there's just a lot of that stuff with him. And we talked about it, and I ranted on the Hawks the, the two weeks ago. Like, just... The, knowing the importance of like, yo, we got to take care of business. That's just Chris Paul being a pro. No, y'all played in the league. Everybody be like, oh, it's just a regular season, just a regular season. You're right, but you got to play the games that's in front of you. So you get excited. Coach say we celebrate all the little things, but it's all about the process for us. Uh, we just got to keep building. Uh, and like, like I said, having fun. This is, y'all know you play in this league for a long time, man. It's nice to be around really good guys. On a game played at the Footprint Center, Chris Paul's hey, Chris. fingerprints all over Yo. this one. Hey, Chris, I just want to tell you, there's men and nights here. We don't want to hear Kenny either. Chuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man, I appreciate y'all, man. But, yeah. Yo, yeah, what's your secret? I'm going to rub Bernie again. I mean, and Aiton is super coachable. We saw that in the playoffs last year. I mean, and the stuff with Monty, we, we don't need to rehash it. I think everyone kind of knows that that guy, Monty Williams, is one of the, I don't know, eight best coaches in the league. And, and from the emotional part of coaching, I mean, some of the stuff that we saw coming out of the playoffs and then the bubble, I, I just, I mean, I couldn't believe that this guy was able to get this sort of connection with, with professional basketball players. So that whole team has just got great vibes. And it seems like a great segue to talk about this game from the other night. Um, it was it delivered on its promise of being a marquee matchup. It, it was so much fun. It felt like a big game. The Suns took game one. Uh, they play again tonight, Friday night, if you're listening to this day of uh, and on Christmas, like Seth mentioned. And uh, I think these these two teams it's apparent are going to run away with the West and hopefully we wind up getting this as the Western conference finals, because this would be fantastic for seven games. And I think it would go seven. Um, but I want to start with the sun's defense. I've never seen a team do what they did to Steph Curry without a, an overwhelming amount of extracurricular physicality. Like the Cavs did in the finals against Steph, where when they did take him out, that was how they did it. It was a masterclass in switching, screen navigation, and they completed the number one assignment for any defense that's playing against the Warriors. They didn't lose Steph Curry one time. He didn't sneak away from him once. The what the once on an offensive rebound. There was there was there was one offensive rebound where there was a second one. Okay. Well, let's let's be pedantic. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the, 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 the closest thing I can remember, and this did maybe have a little bit of the, the physicality was in the play-in game last year when, when Dylan Brooks, like, uh, Mikhail Bridges did it in a different style, not nearly as physical, more, I have, uh, you know, nine foot long arms and I'm in, 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 in going to deny him the ball, but I, it, they did make it very hard for Curry to get back to the ball. And I think that was, you know, when the Warriors started to throw the ball around the gym a little bit late in the game, I think it was a lot of, um, well, Steph will save us. And then everyone else was kind of trying to, what can I do to get in? And it was, they, they stopped doing their normal kind of pressure release stuff and that ball denial just kind of completely gummed up their offense. And then he, Steph missed some shots. Sure. But, but that's, but that was, that was, a, that was very impressive. I, I completely no, agree the, with you. The, everything Mikhail Bridges was amazing on that uh, defensively, his, his attention to detail and things like that. And even the switches when it was Cam Johnson switching on to him, I thought they were, they were money there. I thought when it was Jay Crowder, they were great there. DeAndre Ayton switching up and being up on the screens. JaVale McGee, not so much, uh, you know, uh, a, a couple of other guys, you know, struggled a little bit more with that, but I thought they were very aware of where Curry was. And I think that's kind of, that's the, that's my issue with the Warriors and it's more of a playoff thing. They're going to depend on a lot of role players who've never been there and never been in that spot. Jordan Poole had an awesome first three quarters. He disappeared in the fourth quarter when it got to nut-cutting time. And I think those that's the kind of stuff. Otto Porter was awesome first three quarters. Then it got a little nerve-wracking. And maybe it's part of what Seth was saying. They're trying to get stuff going, trying to get him, get him the opportunities. But that's those are the concerns I have because those are the games that these guys need to step up for the Warriors to win those games. And I don't think they, they got what they needed in those regards. And then obviously the turnovers we had talked about. Basketball is about pace and rhythm and the sun sped up the Warriors offense. And if you can speed up Steph Curry and Draymond green and the rest of those guys have to try to follow suit, well, they're not as good as Steph Curry and Draymond green. And I mean, Steph, Steph was rushed. He, he just plain and simple looked a little skittish. Uh, DeAndre Ayton blocked a three, a Steph Curry three, and that just doesn't happen. Uh, and of course he did, he was able to take him to the basket on another possession, but still, I mean, there were just, there were some great signs there. And, and I will say that the Suns didn't just purely switch. They were communicating so well on their switches that they were actually picking and choosing when to switch. And, and Mikal Bridges, there's a great video that Ben Taylor made uh, where he actually breaks this whole thing down. Just some of the off-ball stuff from Mikal Bridges and, and pre-switching. Uh, but they were also staying attached and navigating screens as well. I mean, Chris Paul was dodging screens like it was 10 years ago. It was impressive. And, and the thing about the Warriors, if you go to that switch everything, they'll just slip you to death. I mean, we saw Houston do that, right? Like Houston, we're going to switch and we're only going to switch. And the Suns are just playing defense, man. They were overloading the empty side whenever it was, whenever it was available. They were fronting the Warriors. They were just, they were blowing up the Warriors actions before they could even get into them. It was a masterclass. I mean, they were all over the place, everything they were doing. And then it wasn't just that they made them work on, on defense themselves. Right. Like they had to work. They had to cover everybody. They put them in rotations. Chris Paul being masterful in the fourth quarter with everything he's doing. And then it's and then it's the DeAndre Ayton size advantage. 
right? Like that becomes the big issue for them there as well. Like they just can't that Devon Looney nice, but like, he's not enough, right? Like that's a problem, especially when you're going to go small and then there'd be opportunities where they'd get a switch and it's a guard guarding eight and, and they took advantage of it. And I think that's something, you know, the Warriors really got to start addressing as much as we talk about how great this start is for them. Like they got holes. Nobody wants to admit it, but they got holes and it's, and it's something they got to start trying to figure out how they're going to fix it. At the same time, Steph just missed yeah, shots. Yeah, that's the other like, thing, right? He's, he's, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, it, it's sort of you, it, like he and Durant are the two guys who it's like they had a bad shooting game. It's like we did a great job or you just missed shots. Um, so, and th- that's why well, it's this both is really, in this case, right? Yeah, like, and yeah, that's the thing for the yeah. Warriors, right? If, if you're, if you're living and dying based on Steph Curry making shots, well, you're going to, you're going to live most of the time. Yeah. But in the playoffs, man, it gets a lot harder. Well, I, this is the, the, this was the interesting like playoff thing about this is this is this is very this this had a very playoff feel to it. In this seems like so many playoff games between evenly matched teams, they're battling and battling, and then early fourth quarter, something clicks for one team and they kind of take control and 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 uh, um, they you know take care of the rest of the game. But that doesn't mean that's the same thing that's going to click the next game. It's going to be something completely different. Like this game, you know, what what clicked was that pressure defense, keeping the ball from Steph. And then like you guys were saying, that like quick flash into DeAndre Ayton in the post, who did a, you know, did a great job of the things we loved in the playoffs, got the ball in the paint, played big, went strong to the basket, went strong to the basket quickly. Um, that's That's what happened this game. Next game, We'll see. This that that script is unwritten and and so I don't want us to overinterpret how this game played out and say the next one will do the same thing. I, I'm glad you mentioned Aiton and his quick decision making because I have here in my notes point five in the post. We think about point five on the wing all the time. We think about guys catch the ball and they they have a decision to make. Do you shoot? Do you dribble or do you pass? And then point five, right? Point five seconds. Aiton has point five principles in the post. And his quick decision-making, I mean, he was eating the Warriors up. And the the Suns have wings and shooting and guys who know how to cut. And they were able – the Suns were able to give the Warriors a little bit of taste of their own medicine with it big, making quick decisions and and making the guys around him better, Mo. Yeah, I mean, that's just along those lines of the the fact Aiton is going quickly – makes a massive difference. Didn't allow for double teams to come. Not that they were doubling him, but you know that's going to be something that we might see tonight. They might send a second guy there, try to fluster him, but he's going immediately on the catch into his jump hook and everything like that. So, you know, the, the quick decision stuff is good for him. There's one thing I want to see from eight in a little bit more though. And, and this could be just me being a, a, the raging asshole that I am. I want to see him play with more force in the paint. You know, and it's 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 nice. The jump hooks are falling. He's doing a pretty good job. But I want to see him sometimes go and, and, and go up to the dunk it and be aggressive because it's not about and it's not about the dunk, the highlights, the poster. It's about drawing fouls. Right. When you go up there aggressively like that, you get them in the foul trouble. You're put in a situation where if it's Draymond, now you're taking out a leg from the Warriors offense. And it's along those lines like he's great. And when the jump hooks falling, it looks nice. It's pretty. It's very finesse. You need to see a little bit more anger out of him in that stuff but the decision making so far has been awesome like there's they're they're quick they're smart and that's the whole team you know with with the way they're playing 
He's he's never been a big yeah. foul drawing guy, and he's shooting under two free throws a game. This and he's, year. and for as much as he's crashing the the, the glass, as much as he's yeah. in the paint, it's not like yo he just shoots jumpers. No, he's in the paint. <laughs> like there should be, you know, you got to get that up if you're him. There's been was- times there's been times where he shot a lot of jumpers, but I don't think that's it this year. He just he's you're right. It is sort of the the get position quick jump hook much more than it is like. Oh, I have a 6'4 guy on me. Let me put him in the basket with the ball. And the funny thing is, is there are times on de- – there's, there's time one more times on defense when he plays big. I forget who it was that he blocked at the rim, but I can't remember seeing this from Aiden before. He blocked somebody at – he blocked someone out of the rim, uh, out of bounds at the rim and flexed. I've, I've, I can't remember I've ever seen like Aiden do that like hookup thing. Um uh, you know, after he makes a like a, a physically dominant play like that. And I thought that was pretty cool. So what else did you guys see out of Phoenix? And and how do you think the Warriors can counteract some of the some of the successes that the Suns well, had? One thing we got to talk about, and I, I don't think anybody's mentioned it so far, is, you know, this game's going to be is to me, this game's kind of a nothing game. And, 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 and what I mean by that is no Devin Booker, no no clay obviously like these are two major pieces that are going to matter that we might see on christmas day obviously hopefully everybody will be healthy and ready to play at that point but it's you know like this game to me is the where i don't know there's going to be a lot of takeaways like i think the one adjustment i want to watch is just how they counteract the defense against curry the denials the switches are the suns going to be as vigilant as they were before because let's be honest too that takes a lot of mental energy you know, like look at Bridges's numbers offensively. Like he wasn't that active on the offensive end, and rightfully so. He was resting because he's got to guard Curry on the next possession. So it's it's can you continue that? Is that something you could stay with? So that's probably the the one thing I'm looking for the most in this next game. But to me, there's not a lot of like I'm not going to take away a lot, you know, from that game. What I took away from this game though was the Suns can do it defensively if they need to. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. This is going to be a game that's more like in terms of takeaways, it's going to be much more about process yeah. stuff than outcome. Like who wins, who loses, like are, are the Warriors figure out a way to get Steph free a little bit more? Do they figure out a way to not let Aiton just dominate them inside? 
the same way. Those are the those are those are the things that 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 I'll be looking at. The Suns don't really have a ton of questions to answer coming out of this game. Um, maybe they will uh, moving towards the Christmas Day game, which would which again would make that like a fascinating game if there's sort of some things that Golden State's able to do to them tonight that then they you know in a couple of weeks let's see if they can reverse that trend. So that's the it's almost an in season playoffs, which is just you know fabulous. Uh, did you guys did you guys feel like this game was an an indicator that the Warriors just are too small that they need a more traditional big maybe an upgrade on Looney? Um, maybe, but also we got to remember that, and this is that that you know Andrew Wiggins, who is one of the guys who you know they, they've always sort of had the, their their three or four when they've been good, whether it was Harrison Barnes or whoever or, or Andre Guidal when he's on the floor has always kind of played bigger than his size and Wiggins has done a good job of that this year. And he was, he was quite clearly limited by the back issues yeah. last night. So that's on one hand, yes, they could probably use you one know, more body. stouter than, than many Belitza, but also they need just, you know, Wiggins to be able to move. You cut out that whole time. We have no idea what the hell you said. <laughs> oh, I, that's why I, it, it, it's, it's on my recording, but I, but I said like they need yeah. they need a, maybe one more big body, not just Bielitsa and Wiggins to be able to move. Yeah, I, I got that's, it. I got yeah. it. No, I mean, listen, I like Bielitsa. I know Dave loves Bielitsa. I don't know if he's going to be a major difference maker come playoffs. So, like, yeah, they probably do need another big, but almost just for this matchup. You know, I think that's the thing. I are they willing to, you know, like we have James Wiseman, everybody's wait till Wiseman comes back. I have very low expectations for that. We even talked about it with coach Thorpe. Like there's still, you know, they were a better team when he was out. There's going to be those question marks there. You know, can, can he be the guy they need? I, maybe they give Kaminga a little bit of runs. I know he's more of a wing, but he's long and lanky. Maybe he could help out. It's just tough. I just don't know. Wiseman's losing so many opportunities at reps by being out. It is the thing that makes you worry about him for the postseason as much as anything. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the, and, and that's just yeah, the, the unfortunate thing of the injuries. But like, if they want to make a move, they probably can. We know Indiana has two big guys uh, in, in that regard. I don't know if they really want to. I don't know if you want to give up a guy like Kaminga, or it depends kind of just your view on those things. But I mean, they could, but I don't, they're the, I mean, this is the one team they're worried about big wise. They, they, I think they can find a way to win it because again, this was also just one game. Sure, yeah. And tomorrow yeah, yeah. And, and and the game tonight or whatever you, Friday night's game is just one game. Like right. this is going to be like when I'm doing playoff prep, I'm probably not using a lot of clips from these games because it's all the way in December for a matchup that might possibly be in you know May or June. Yeah, and well, I think more about like playing Milwaukee in the finals but but then again there's no guarantee you're going to run into Milwaukee or Philadelphia or any of the teams that in the east that actually have a center I mean the Chicago Bulls probably wouldn't give them much trouble you know with, with Vooch right it's really only a couple right. teams that you got to worry about a dominant center I mean with. maybe the Lakers do some roster shuffling and then you have to worry about Anthony Davis uh, yeah. yeah maybe I don't know man you just guard him to shoot right <laughs> That's kind of the move. Cool. Uh, you guys got anything else before we before we get out of here? No. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week, folks. <laughs> Don't forget Saturday Slam and Jam coming up this weekend. And I mean, listen, I'm not lying when I tell you guys. It's my favorite show. I love to listen to it on my Sunday walks. It's a fantastic show. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show. Sign up now. It's a great gift for the holidays. Get one for your dad. Get one for your mom. I'm sure she likes Steph Curry. Everybody likes Steph Curry. For Seth, for Mo, I'm Dave DeFore. This has been Nervous Hero on The Athletic NBA Show. Man, you tell them to keep having fun because everybody, you know, y'all played in the league. Everybody be like, oh, it's just a regular season, just a regular season. You're right, but you got to play the games that's in front of you. So you get excited. Coach say we celebrate all the little things, but it's all about the process for us. Uh, we just got to keep building. Uh, and like, like I said, having fun. It's a, y'all know you play in this league for a long time, man. It's nice to be around really good guys. On a game played at the Footprint Center, Chris Paul. Hey, Chris. Prince all over Yo, this way. Hey, Chris, I just want to tell you, there's many nights in here. We don't want to hear Kenny either. Chuck, <laughs> <laughs> man, I appreciate y'all, man. But, yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.